friends welcome back to another episode of the rad ears podcast squeezer yeah today i gave a little taste of um our new logo to the fans on instagram oh yeah i posted a screenshot of our upcoming sticker or we have a hologram sticker coming out of our new uh radlorian logo the mandalorian inspired logo and listen inspired yeah so and if, if Disney decides to come and sue, I'm going to say, okay, talk to Mel Brooks first and then call me. Hmm. Lord Hellman Yogurt, when they get sued, you could sue me. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why that took so long for you to register in your head. Oh, I thought you meant like they stole something from Mel Brooks. No, like it, no. it's parody. Oh, yeah. It's parody. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, me as the Mandalorian with my uh, zapper gun and my power glove and my backwards cap and my cool Reebok pumps mm -hmm. and little squeezer as Baby Yoda, the child. With cheese. With cheese instead of bone broth and uh, you're wearing your uh, patented gray hat, nondescript gray unlogoed hat. You got, you got to pay me to wear your logo. I'm not going to just – I'm not just going to plaster a logo over my, my chest – Never mind, I'm wearing this right now. Forget it. What are you wearing right now? Uh, it's a work shirt, but it's a company that I paid money to wear this to work. Oh, Iron Pigs? Yeah. Yeah. So it's cozy. And I it's think freezing down here. Sport, so. Sports teams is one thing, but most of my clothing is nondescript and that without logos. It's hard. That's how uh, I get roll. shit all the time from my stepdad. Why? Uh, the whole like paying for a, a sports team's jersey. Like, why would you do that? What do they do for you? I don't know. They bring me a sense of happiness and community. Hmm. Tribalism. And I'm indulging. Mm -hmm. I don't wear jerseys. A, cause oh, they're wonderful. I don't fill them out. I, they B, hide all the flaws. I fill them out. Yeah, I see what you're saying. B, uh, I, I just, you know, I'm not on the team. I'm, I, I've just picked losers my whole life, so I'm more disenfranchised with sports <laughs> as the years go on. I like I just like watching baseball. I don't care who the fuck's playing. Just put a game on. Let me fall asleep on the couch. Yeah. Even football on Sunday, it's more of it's more of drink beer and fall asleep on the couch activity than it is get ex excited about anything activity. Yeah, I sure was. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Minnesota Vikings, I guess, fan. It's it's just it's 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 the reason I'm a Vikings fan is because when I was a kid I decided I'm a Vikings fan. It's pretty much the same reason I have my office like decorated in Batman and Ghostbusters in in 1980s and early 90s WWF shit because you're just clinging on I'm so clinging the on. world doesn't drown you in sorrow and despair. Right, because if you go like out, if you go outside of <laughs> he didn't really die. No, there's a vicious. You didn't rumor. really die. No, people are demanding. Do you, know how you know how happy that made me though? All those posts, all the replies. Oh, how I like, ruined their day. This made me sad. You ruined my weekend. I'm like, yes. 
um we we've welcome got, welcome to mrs squeezer's world we've we've gotten uh our horse episode it went over uh, better than we thought it would uh people yeah. loved it and uh the nostalgia addict uh hereby requests more equestrian themed episodes and our, our friend eric from texas gave me a pretty good outline of how we can do a, a the cheese show He's like, now you got to do a cheese show. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's not going to happen. He's like, no, here's how you do it. And he gave me, he he drew the map of how we get to a cheese show. Excellent. Uh, no, know, know what's funny about this show today wow. and, and that show? Hmm. So I went back and listened to, uh, well, it would have been not last year's show, but two years ago's show. Mm-hmm. Um uh, We're talking uh, movie soundtracks, part two. I went back and listened to part one. And in part one, I forgot how the conversation came up. Oh, we were talking about, go, it was Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Vince Clortho, Keymaster Gozer, and uh, him talking to the horse. And you're like, oh. And I'm like, oh, you can, that could be a pick for you in the horse episode. And you're like, I'm going to have to because I don't know what the hell else I'm going <laughs> to talk about. And oh, you didn't use it. So guess what? You've you got, are, you got we've one got more. Equestrian, uh, equestrian uh, material. I'm probably butchering the phrase, but hey, we, there was a, a conversation at work today where the phrase "bougie." Uh, some of the younger kids were trying to tell one of the much older '60s guys a phrase, and he, that, that the phrase "bougie," and he acted like he never heard it again before. And I'm like, "Bougie's been around since the '80s." Like. Bourgeoisie, I think, is the phrase it comes from. Is it bourgeoisie or bourgeoisie? It's tomato, tomato. Gotcha. Which I'm pretty sure. It's tomato, by the way. No one says tomato. No one says tomato. Uh, Wait, no one says tomato? No one says tomato. So, Do you say tomato? I don't know. I say tomato. Oh, okay. So... Uh, it's. I always thought it meant like new money, but um, and it was it's from the Middle Ages. It was a class in the Middle Ages. Yeah, the bourgeois. Yeah, the bourgeois, and uh, bougie is just a certain form of bourgeois. And I was I was like, you didn't. This isn't a term the kids made up. This has a and so and then it turned out that these kids using it. Didn't know what they, they're trying to tell me. It means extra. I go extra what? And they're like extra, extra what? Extra. And that went on for like a good ten minutes. They couldn't tell me extra what. It's just extra. And I'm like, no, it's got a meaning. It's it's like I don't know. I guess I always took it as like flamboyant excess. I always said new money. I thought it it meant. Hmm. Uh, but it. Originally and generally, those who live in the borough, that is to say, the people of the city. But uh, it's also a sociologically defined social class in contemporary times, referring to people with a certain culture and financial capital belonging to the middle or upper, upper middle class. Oh, uh, you mean like the people that can buy a bunch of toys in their mid-30s and put them around <laughs> their office? I guess I am, as the kids say, bougie. But I don't know what extra. I was like, extra what? You can't just say extra without, like, you are extra stupid or extra smart or extra fast or extra slow. Well, you can't just say extra. 
I guess that's a slang term. Um, if you're listening to this show, you're not like, oh, you idiot, unless you teach like high school, uh, because like this isn't a phrase. That and you're the idiot. Yeah. Because uh, high school kids <laughs> suck, and you dedicate your life to trying to make their lives better. Um, so op- I'm just gonna from now on, I'm just gonna go like, oh, what size shirt are you? I'm like, uh, bourgeois. <laughs> bourgeois. Yeah, so they were, I, they didn't know that bougie came from bourgeoisie or bourgeoisie or whatever the fuck or bourgeois, and that it's been around for, since the middle since the Middle Ages, and that it was definitely bougie. I think has been a term for a long time, and um, so yeah, kids are stupid. Yeah, not saying we're smart, but. But the, the fact that they didn't know what it was <laughs> made it yeah, like, yeah. funner, funnier. They're like, oh, that's so bougie. Like, do you know what that means? And then I tried to learn them. I tried to, to teach to teach the kids what their slang term Put meant. them in their place. Smack them down. Put them where they belong. Put them where they belong, under us. Um, but yeah, uh, I, so I unleashed our... Rattalorian logo. That's what I'm officially calling it. It's adorable. Pretty uh, sweet. There, so I have, I ordered, uh, by the end of the month, I will have a buttload of, of, um, Ooh, keeping it clean today, I see. Yes. Of hologram stickers that I posted on Instagram. There will be a pin set. Unfortunately, because of the Chinese New Year, that pin set won't be here until middle to end of February. So next year, Chinese New Year. Yes, the Chinese New Year started. Um, they won't be back at work till the 29th, their time. So like the night of 28th. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's something. I want a New Year where you get like two weeks off. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's to the 23rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. It's a week. We get a week. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yes, yeah, so there will be a giveaway. Uh, and we're going to give them away again. And we're not going to charge you if you're like, I already like the show. I already subscribe. I already commented, rate, reviewed, and subscribed on your YouTube. What can I do to get this free set? Ah, oh, good question. Fly out to eastern Pennsylvania and get it yourself. No. You might know someone, Squeezer, that does not listen to our podcast, correct? Um... You might know a few people. Uh, my my family. All you have to do is recruit one person who does not listen to our podcast to uh, subscribe to our podcast, rate, listen to an episode, rate and review us, uh, follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube, and comment on one of the videos, just like you did. And not only will they get a pin like set... Like I did? But you you did not do any of these things. No, I don't I know didn't why do you either. have a pin set at all. I should take away that original pin set. I don't I don't have the pin set. You only have you, right? I just got me, yeah. I gave you a bunch of yous. I got a bunch of me's. So yeah, so if you get a friend who doesn't listen, or an acquaintance, or anyone you know to to do all the steps that you did to get the original pin set, not only will they get the new Rattalorian pin set, but you also will acquire a pin set. And there will be hologram stickers shipped with them. Also, there's some other cool shit we got coming along. It's, all this is going to happen probably around March, so stay tuned to radyears.com, which I'm revamping to include 
our new Rattalorian logo, <clears throat> which I love to death. I think it's it's awesome. It's yeah, so fucking great. I, I was, I mean, I could pat myself on the back, but it was no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, I'll do it for you. Don't worry. Hottest thing in pop culture. Let's uh, us. Yes, let's we are, and then let's uh, attach ourselves to the hottest thing in mainstream pop culture. Yes. Oh no, no, I'm not saying you're the hottest thing. I'm saying the hottest thing in pop culture and us and us. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I just took it, and uh, we just uh, we're 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 getting on before anyone else had a chance to do it. <laughs> you do what everyone else on social media does, and that is uh, t- attach yourself to something. Yeah, but they just take like a picture and they put a comment on it. Yeah. At least I made it original. Comment. Oh yeah. I yeah, made, you took some some or someone's original work and you made it more original. More, I made it original to us. <laughs> you are a little baby, <laughs> baby squeezer with your cheese and your hat. I was going to put a director's vest on you, but I'm like, eh. Hey, get too busy. Well, I also, like, we, we discussed putting... So now you have an excuse why your pin's going to be two inches and mine's one. It is. It's, yours is going to be one inch and mine's two ah. inches, yeah. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. So, um, we, anytime I get a chance to be smaller than you, I'm happy. <laughs> we discussed like making the tunic, uh, the starter jacket. It just didn't look right. Mm. Um, and she's in the sketches. So, uh, it, it turned out perfectly. Um, the Reebok pumps were like a last minute idea on my, I was like, Oh, he's got to have the pumps on too. And, uh, I don't know. It just it worked so well, and it came together so quickly, uh, and it, it turned out really well. I'm really excited about it. Mm. So anything you want to see the Rattalorian on, you let us know. If you want shirts, yeah, maybe we'll make shirts. If you want, uh, um, I mean, you're getting pins. They're going to be free. But if any of the merch you want to pay for, let us know so we could recoup our costs on the pins. Bad hat press is just sitting there collecting dust. Yeah, we make some hats and uh, uh, the. I got nothing to do. Hologram stickers are awesome, though. I've always wanted holog, and this is a perfect opportunity for some hologram stickers. I still still want puffy stickers one day. Puffy stickers are those are tricky. I know. I looked into it. Oh, who did you look into? I was I was just perusing. Oh, I dove deeper into to uh, uh, machining companies. <laughs> like, uh, if I pay the machining costs, you could pretty much get anything done. And, um, yeah, so, like, the, the packaging and everything, they could have done it all, but nah, I'm not, not sure if we're ready yet for that. And it, I'm sure it's some kind of toxic. Yeah. Puffy stickers will be cool. Like, we, we're, we almost have enough, like, logos between... The You and Me as Super Mario Bros. 3 logos, the mm-hmm. Popsicle logos, the Rattalorian logos, and whatever I come up with this summer. <laughs> we'll almost have enough for a full sticker sheet. Ooh, fun. To do, um, yeah, to do puffy stickers. Oh, that sounds fun. Like a puffy sticker sheet. So that could be a little teaser for this summer. We'll see where it goes. 2020, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I got some uh, ideas. I'm going to start off with just blogs, work my way into YouTube content, and try and fulfill our promise to do more than just podcasts. We break our backs trying to get this show done for you every week. Uh, and that promise alone is hard enough. Now, on top of blog content, 
And uh, uh, Eric from Texas has written a blog. I never got around to making him an author, so he could post it. I'm going to do that. He's got content for you because he's got really good. He gave me the roadmap to get to the cheese episode. Yeah. He's got great ideas. So he's going to contribute to the Radier's blog. And, uh, Phew. Yeah, so Squeezer doesn't have to. <laughs> Uh, and I got some ideas. I, I'm just I'm gonna just do deep dives on some of my old action figures and unbox them and make that post and, and get really cool shit done with them. Uh, so yeah, 2020. Look for some cool stuff. And uh, the Rattalorian. Check out our Instagram if you want to take a look at the Rattalorian uh, logo. It's pretty cool. I would say so, don't you? I agree, wholeheartedly. Um, I wonder who he's gonna be. Is he a clone? Who? Baby Yoda. Um, apparently that's what everyone on Reddit thinks, and our friend Jason at work. I mean, the timing works out. The timing works out, yes. But um, the Jason at work pointed out that the one officer that was trying to acquire him had a cloning. Empire cloning logo on his, a cloning badge on his shirt. Take that for what you want. But everybody, after the first episode, everyone on Reddit said, he's a clone. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I can't take credit for that. And I don't But get... And at the same time, though, they haven't, like, denied it. So. No, they, ha they, they haven't said they anything. Call they just said he's not Yoda. Yeah. People within the organization not call him Baby Yoda. The fans can all they want. But... They said you can, but he is not. He confirmed he is not Yoda. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be because Yoda's dead. Right. Yeah. So um, there is. Uh, but at least they're not going around saying it's not baby. It's not a clone. It's not a clone. It's not a clone. Hey, it's a clone. They're not dead. They're not dead. It's not purgatory. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're, they're not pulling. Uh, JJ has nothing to do with this show, as far as I no. know. So. So I, I was looking at some cool new products coming out on shelves. This might pique your interest. Hellman's, the mayonnaise people, have a bunch of. Oh yes. Creamy sauces. They have a creamy bourbon barbecue, uh, roasted garlic, uh, cilantro lime, creamy chili honey, and roasted red pepper sauce. Uh, Are these like like sauces, like like spreads. They come in like a squeeze bottle. Like oh, okay. So I think they're all mm. mayonnaise based. Mm. And speaking of sauces and dips, Hidden Valley Ranch has a cheese and ranch dip out. That's on shelves now. It's in like a tub. Mm -hmm. Um so uh, I, uh, any tube that, any food that comes in a tub. Yeah. I'm uh there's a uh, limited edition Star Wars Millennium Falcon vanilla uh cookie ice cream sandwiches out. Ooh. I know, right? That's just a fun time to be alive. There is Nestle Coffee Mate Cinnamon Toast Crunch Coffee Creamer. Uh, but I, I've been reading bad That's things. A, hang on. I don't know what that... That was a lot of words. So it's... I don't drink coffee, so it's Nestle Coffee Mate. Mm -hmm. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Okay, already I'm... Coffee Maker. But apparently it does not taste that good from reviews I've read. Oh, none of that stuff. I mean, I drink my coffee black, but I can't take that stuff anyway. Like, um, if I had to put anything in it, like maybe a little milk, but... Mm. Ugh. Why would you do that? Taco, How are you going to stain your teeth? No, yeah, well, that's true. Taco Bell is branching out and more uh, snacks. They're, you know those cheddar crisps, the uh, like freeze-dried cheese rounds that people mm -hmm. sell? 
Taco Bell's releasing them with uh, their fire sauce flavor and their mild sauce flavor. <gasps> yeah, so that might be pretty good. Ooh. If now you... they just need a Diablo. Yeah, they do. I, I but you, it. I don't like the smokiness. I like the fire. Oh, the fire see, flavor. I love the... I'll just, you know, take a pack and suck it down. Uh, so if you go to a Pizza Hut Express and a Target or a Kentaco Hut, they have a new mac and cheese for limited time only. Mac and what? cheese personal pan pizza with rotini, pasta, mozzarella, and American cheese uh, on a pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruffles released a new flavor from basketball player Anthony Davis, the guy who has like one eyebrow drawn across his face. Yes. Yep. Lime and jalapeno. That's a good combination. Yeah, it seems like it might that, be. That says summer to me. That does. It says like summer and like a, a case of like, like crisp Pilsner beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd go like a, that would be like good, like a nice Tecate, you know, or a, a Dos Equis, like some kind of, me- like a Mexican, uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that does seem, or a, a Pacifico. Pacifico is my favorite Mexican beer. Okay. It's a good, good Mexican beer. Um, I mean, there's just so much food news. Uh, I, I pretty much gave you everything that happened since last uh, Friday and Saturday morning when we posted the our last show, and it's Wednesday night, almost Thursday morning now. So, um, yeah, we are late last week, but we're going to be early this week because that's what we give you here on the Rad Years Podcast. Inconsistency. Inconsistency. Uh, but, uh, I guess it's time for, uh, us to start the show. I go first. You went first last week with Mr. Ed and I go first this week. So I changed up my picks. I added one from my list. Uh, I've talked about this soundtrack enough, but you'll probably know exactly what it is as soon as I play this first song. couldn't help myself the last episode i talked about the ghostbusters soundtrack but i'm arguably a bigger fan of the ghostbusters 2 soundtrack bobby brown owns this score soundtrack and there's oh, yeah. there's so many good songs on there uh, this is on our own by uh bobby brown and if you think what the fuck does this have to do with uh ghostbusters We're going to have to take control. Got to, got to take control. Uh, it's when the city is is under siege by Vigo, the Carpathian, and the River of Slime. And the Ghostbusters are being quarantined in a, a mental hospital by a rogue agent of the mayor. The Ghostbusters are going to have to take things into their own hands. Right? Yeah. So, we'll skip to a verse um, here we go they basically tell the story of the movie and that's how 
This is I love this as a kid when I heard Vigo in a song. There it goes. Everyone just sit back and relax and listen to the sweet dulcet tones of Bobby Brown telling the story of Ghostbusters 2 on WNBC. Tell me as a kid, you hear that song, you don't freak out. I, I still hear it now. Like it, That's one of like the five looping songs in my head that just kind of runs through my day. You've caught me singing it multiple times. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I did that. By the way, can I get some kudos on hitting the post like a fucking professional there? Oh, you did, yeah. <laughs> that was lovely. It was the WMBC that did it. I knew I wasn't. You You got to drag out that. That was in in a remembrance of that piece of shit, Don Imus. I did (laughs) it. Oh, come on. He liked his hats. Stern for life, motherfucker. WR. We did it. We did it. We got there. That was us. Who did we decide uh, determined sounded like Don Imus? Mr. Ed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, Of course. There's new addition, Bobby Brown's group, who did Supernatural on the the soundtrack. It's a good song, but it's not great. Uh, We're Back by Bobby Brown. Another great fucking Ghostbusters song. Because the Ghostbusters are back. We're back by people. And he's referencing Ghostbusters the whole time. It's fucking awesome. This is one of my favorite songs on the album, Spirit by Dougie Fresh and the Fresh Crew. It's like dark and awesome. Really cool. Dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. Check it out. Some people hear it, some people fear it. Spirit, some people just won't go near it. Show us on me and you should know you're you. The spirit is the key to unlock the juju. Spirit, some people hear it, some people fear it. Spirit, some people just won't go near it. Show us on me and the skies are blue. The Ghostbusters are back and all brand new. All Ghostbusters things. Something you don't really see yeah. in soundtracks anymore. And and how would like I I personally think this song stands out. Like there there are songs where it's like you when you basically are reciting the plot to the movie or just dropping the name of the characters and it usually doesn't end well. These are great. These songs this, are this great. This is a damn good song. So it's on our own. And of course the Ghostbusters remake from Run DMC. Now Ray Parker Jr. helped write the updated version of his song. Uh, with Run DMC, and uh, they were aiming to replace um, the success of the original, and the film soundtrack executive producer, Peter Afterman, wanted to hire Bobby Brown, who just became huge uh, with his top five hit songs, and he was probably at his peak when this came out. Uh, Afterman offered the MCA Records music label, to which Bobby Brown assigned, big time money to the soundtrack in exchange for Brown's participation 
And he agreed in, condi- in condition that he would receive a cameo in the film. You know what that was? Uh, yes. It was the doorman or yeah. the um, the guy outside the courthouse who wanted to get a proton pack for his yeah, little for brother. His, uh, little brother. And he said these aren't really for kids. But but Ray almost gave it to him. Um, so uh, it, and that was done last minute. That was like the one of the last things they filmed. So on our own was written by. Listen to these names: L.A. Reed, Babyface, and Daryl Simmons. Talk about fucking heavy hitters, right? Yeah. That's uh, fucking royalty. And we have obviously talked about the music video, which has um, Dougie Fresh, Christopher Reeve, Donald Trump, Mick Moranis, and Marky and Joey Ramone in it. Uh, and then Brown also wrote We're Back, uh, Flip City by Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry's on the soundtrack. Spirit, obviously, that we just showed. Love is a Cannibal by uh, Elton John. which I don't really care for as much. But uh, Glenn Fry of the Eagles did a song here, Flip City. It's one of my favorite Glenn Fry songs. It's so sinister. This is when uh, all the demons get loose after the, the, uh, uh, the river of slime attacks the city and starts taking over New York City. Um, and when I was a kid, I didn't really know who I knew who the Eagles were, but I didn't realize Glenn Fry from the Eagles did this song, and I fucking love this song. So I was a fan before, of course. Um, I'm a fan of a good montage with a good song. Oh, I, I ask Enchantress. I love a montage. She always jokes about me. She's like, montages are so 80s and 90s. I'm like, I, movies need yeah, a montage. Yeah, that's why we love them. Yeah. We're going to flip city. And, of course, the version of Higher and Higher isn't Jackie Wilson's. But we'll always know that song, Higher and Higher, uh, by Jackie Wilson. Because that is what got the Statue of Liberty to... Walk through the Hudson River, uh, come up onto, or was it the East River? It was the Hudson River, right? Yes, the Hudson River. Uh, yeah. Well, isn't it like where they both kind of... It's where they both... Uh, Delta. It's the Delta. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it would definitely be the Hudson. Yeah. It's more it, or less he, he walks through river yeah. and comes onto shore and destroys... Uh, this, the the dome ceiling of the museum to stop help the Ghostbusters stop Bigo. Uh, this soundtrack is phenomenal. I have it on vinyl. I owned it on tape when I was a kid, and it's a staple of mine that I listen to all the time. Uh, all these songs are on my iTunes uh, Apple Music playlist, and I'm a big fan. You hey. know what? I didn't even I didn't even think about this. I'm so I'm really excited and hyped for the next for Ghostbusters three. Yeah, me too. And the one thing never occurred to me until now was I'm really looking forward to see what they do with the soundtrack. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's got to be great because yeah. the first two were fantastic, and it seems like from the teaser they are taking scoring cues from Elmer Bernstein. So mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm all down with that. Um, yeah. All right, Squeeze. That is my first pick uh, for movie soundtracks. Here is your first pick. Uh, Got to get to it. All right, here it is. Great soundtrack. Oh yeah. Um, it was. Uh, I like. I was obsessed uh, with Power of Love. Like I just. I thought that was like the coolest song ever. Um, because Marty was like the cool. Like that was like the epitome of like the cool guy. Like he wasn't even. I, I don't. Did he even go? First of all, he was probably already what like thirty going to high school yeah. and he just goes in there and he like just tries out his band for uh but it would be like um, if our friend little dave went back to the future yeah i know everyone would think he'd be I okay know. in high school yeah um and well like what i love though is the and he was calling him out saying you're you're just too darn loud like when you think of, and we'll get to other songs in the, in this list that are meant to be loud to actually recorded to the point of the pain threshold, but uh, like when you hear like loud heavy rock music banned in school, Huey Lewis in the News isn't exactly on the list. What's that? What's that, buddy? I said uh, if you have songs that are banned in high school because they're too loud and too heavy uh power love by huey lewis in the news isn't exactly the that song that's no. yeah that's easy listening yeah um a long list of songs on here uh, a lot of like old classics from the 50s that uh were of course re-recorded um by uh marvin barry and the starlighters uh marvin barry actually being Harry Waters Jr., who uh, got a gold record for uh, Earth Angel, actually. Um, so that, that band that you see on stage, that was actually, they are they were the ones that went and re-recorded uh, a number of the songs uh, that you saw in the film and not the originals. Because I think a lot of the originals, uh, you don't have that same, you know, production quality going back it's that you get that tinny hollowy uh uh you don't have all that dynamic sound you know when you're recording uh to a a roll of wax back in the day you know right uh, a lot of that is, uh lost uh you got uh, uh a clapton song in there heaven is one step away which i'm still trying to remember where the hell that was in there um 
it, it's like real low in the background. Hmm. Um, and uh, there's also a, a Lindsey Buckingham song, and then uh, of course uh, Johnny Be Good, uh, which is just uh, you know a damn good song to begin with. It's just weird though with the Marty voice dubbing, uh, pretending like he's singing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it just sounds off, and it's such a well-known song when it's not coming. Um, <laughs> when, when it's, it's not, not coming what? from Chuck Berry, oh, it just you, sounds weird. What's that? You're just like when it's not coming, and then you stopped. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was... Oh, swallowing. Oh, I'm getting, so, I'm getting a little. <laughs> <laughs> when it's not coming, and you were just swallowing, so you couldn't finish. Well, there goes the... I don't think we used any profanity yet, but we sure just violated the family decency clause that we were trying to uphold for this show. Oh, what's this we shit? You were the one who said it's not coming and then said, sorry, you were swallowing. Fair enough. Uh, apologize for that, but... Um, no, you don't have to apologize. Exactly. You should never apologize. You should um, we're staying on course there. Uh... Unfortunately, uh, songs like um, uh, Ballad of Davy Crockett and uh, Mr. Sandman uh, were not in the uh, on the list. Uh, a couple songs. A, that you... a lot of the time, like you hear great songs in a movie, but they pay for them to be in the movie, but they cannot afford or there's record label uh, inflictions or uh, the word I'm yeah. looking for that prevent them from actually conflict. being conflict conflict thank you that prevent them from being on the soundtrack proper and then there's other songs that they were going to use from the movie but they got the rights to be on the soundtrack so that they, they got a, a single release for mm -hmm. and uh they will be on the soundtrack or or you have that record exec that just pushes to get a song on the soundtrack to help promote the artist's right. album sales or so they could be a single before or after an album just comes out yes uh we again also down the road from here, all kinds of little, the little intricacies of the, the shady ass. Uh, did I get? I got that one right on the first try. Yeah, you got it. That's not uh, how the you record say it, industry. Uh, uh, also, uh, "Out the Window" uh, by uh, Van Halen when uh, Darth Vader shows up. That that uh, is not on uh, the track. That's not on the CD as well. It, it really, it just, it works perfectly with the movie. And I don't know how, like, you, it's almost like Power Love, you could argue that it's like, oh, they took a popular song and put it in a movie, but it does really work with it. And it's like, I think it, it's synonymous with Back to the Future. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have, give it that negative, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 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 d d d stigma. I guess, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, whereas, you know, some movies, you know, or some songs, it's like, oh, they just kind of forced that one in there um, for the sake of it. And maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but it works out. Right. Sure. I agree. I'm with, I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, are we ready to move on? I think so. 
All right, this next soundtrack was from a sequel that I think was almost better than the original. And here's the first song on the soundtrack by a legend, a rock and roll god. And as I was a kid, it didn't dawn on me that this was who was doing it until later because I loved the song. But the remake, uh, you'll hear it. This is Louie Luai from the Wayne's World 2 motion picture soundtrack by Robert fucking Plant. A rock god. I was more interested in a band back then called Aerosmith. And they started off the soundtrack with a little song called Dude Looks Like a Lady. Aerosmith was all over this movie. Uh, They were in the movie. They performed in the movie. Um, but before we get to that, other songs, Jim Blossoms were on it, uh, Spirit in the Sky, uh, by Norman Greenbaum, you might know that. Love that dance. I love rock and roll, uh, that's what got me into that song by Joan Jett and the Blackheart. Spirit in the Sky, the song, when mm-hmm. they're getting ready to do the Wayne stock. If you build it, they will come. Come on. Why won't you just go home? Because I've got no place else to go. <laughs> I really think th- there isn't a movie out there that somehow you could fit this song in one way or the other. That's true. Um, of course, Radar Love, which I, I don't have a clip for. Um, Edgar Winter Group's Frankenstein. Uh, and this song, which is why I wanted it. I love this song. It's a live version, and it's what they perform on at Waynestock. And it's the live version that's on the soundtrack. If, if I don't think people understand how big Aerosmith was. I mean, of course, when Aerosmith came out in like late '60s and '70s, they were huge. But their mm-hmm. resurgence in the 90s was unheard of. They were huge. Yeah. They were they were one of my favorite fucking bands. They put out Get a Grip and they released those videos with with his daughter and Alicia Silverstone and and like everyone wanted to see Aerosmith videos, everyone wanted to hear Aerosmith music. Aerosmith was the fucking band of the 90s. Don't you agree? They were America's rock band, right? Yeah. Yeah, th- no, they were it was Everything you would go to them, they were the default uh, soundtrack pop culture. Like, if, if you're watching MTV and an Aerosmith video, Super came Bowl, on, a halftime show band, yeah, you were like, Oh, Aeros- an Aerosmith video, oh, this, like Alicia Silverstone, Liv Tyler, those videos are iconic, the album's iconic, and then, like, they release, like, they have the, one of their most iconic albums ever, and then they release big ones, and Fuck, it's even bigger. And then they're in Wayne's World 2, and they're amazing. They're just fantastic. Then they do the song from um, Armageddon, mm-hmm. which was huge. 
Like, they couldn't have had a better decade than the 90s. Like, a band that, like, started in the 60s and 70s to have that big of a year in the 90s is just, it's just unfathomable. Like, like the, two, the, the big gap in between the, the popularity of Aerosmith and then them just resurging. Like, of course, mm-hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers have been popular basically since the 80s until now. With every release, they're still putting good music out, especially now that John Frusante decided to rejoin the band. Fuck, they're going to put out another album, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to mm-hmm. be like like Californication all over again. And uh, a really cool thing about this album was something that was really cool in the 90s. It was probably done in the 80s and 70s too, but I know it was in the 90s. It was a lot of, so you get an album, and there was a hidden track on it. So the last track of the album, if you played it out and, and didn't stop it and let it keep playing, Sometimes there was a hidden song on there. On this album, YMCA by the Village People was on it. Because remember when they were like spying on Christopher Walken and they all run and they wind up in their dresses, the Village People, and they wind up in the gay bar and they, they, they think they're the Village People and they do the YMCA? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they released the, that's, that's the uncredited hidden track on this soundtrack. Uh, mm. Great soundtrack, great movie. If you haven't seen Wayne's World 2 in a while, it, it really holds up. It's fun. Wayne Stock is great. It has been a while. Uh, and um, I love this soundtrack and uh, the movie. So that was my uh, second pick. And uh, we're moving right along. Uh, time for Mr. Squeezer. Your next pick. soundtrack from a great script butchered by Oliver Stone. <laughs> I like to think that Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis uh, pulled that out. They were great, but Oliver Stone's kind of a hack in my opinion. Well, he's made more movies than me, so... Mm. Uh, you can buy the script on Amazon, I think. Uh, the Tarantino's original script. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. If... Um, I own it, the paperback, and uh, you can. Uh, it was like a, a project in film school of like reading this and like comparing it to the movie. And I'm just like, this is awesome. The movie sucks. <laughs> Hang on, got a layout for Leonard. Honestly, that might be one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually, is just the end credits to that. Um, so, uh, Natural Born Killers, the soundtrack. What's cool about this is um, it was produced by Trent Reznor. So, 
they came to him about assembling uh, a soundtrack to the movie and writing a song for it, which was Burn. Burn's not in the movie, but it, again, that's one of those things where it's like, hey, we need a, a, a song for our soundtrack to help pump it up, which honestly, I don't think you needed, but Burn is a damn good uh, Nine Inch Nails song. Uh, again, this one, it was... I forgot what it was. So at like 120 decibels is when you start to feel pain. And that's when also, you, you like, if you record a song and you play it at that volume, it's going to start to, like, clip and overmodulate, and it's not going to sound good. They intentionally recorded this song to sound good that loud. Hmm. Because they wanted to hurt you. Well, he is, from, he is from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about being a little masochistic about it. He is a genius, and uh, he did yes. win an Oscar for uh, Social Network. I uh, Social Network, yeah. yep. Yeah. Uh, that's an awesome, uh, great soundtrack. Uh, I love that. I'm obsessed with that movie. Yeah. I fucking. We, we hate admitted, it. you admitted to me, and I, I had the same problem. And I mean, there is if we just want to do not a Radger show, just soundtracks in general. Uh, there's so many too as you go forward to like in through the 2000s and well, it's, it's when I really got into like coming into my own with music it was like yeah. the mid to late 90s and early 2000s so yeah. a lot of the soundtracks I own and a lot of them on my list were from that era and mm-hmm. and and in my opinion the best movie in the the 10s and our last decade was the social network and I fucking hate Facebook I think the idea behind it I think that weasel who runs it's a little twerp who's trying to fucking uh, uh, I don't know. I just say I hate everything about it. I'm on it, yes, but I think he's a fucking sleaze bag. And every, I mean, he he comes off that in the movie, so it's not like <laughs> I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. But it's it's a fucking. I can't not watch that movie if it's yeah. on. It's I'm like I'm spellbound. I think that's one of the best movies in the last like 50 years. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And the music plays a huge part in it. Yeah, he's so the Trent Reznor yeah. score is great in it. And the script is just phenomenal. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin just—he—it's—it's yeah. uh, it's, Fincher, Sorkin, and Ross should get together and do something else because, like, the, the three of them together are just fantastic. Yeah. So, speaking uh, of, we were just watching Mindhunter before I came up to do the show. The second, uh, I, second gotta, season. I still haven't gotten back. Uh, I'm on Witcher now. Good. Nah, we haven't we haven't started that. When I'm done with that, then I'll go to Mindhunter. Have you have you watched the first season, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I loved it up through episode seven. Hmm. When they started getting all personal. I'm like, no no no, just go back to Kemper. You know? They they do. They do. Okay. Go, uh, in the second season? Okay. No, I thought in the last episode. Oh they, no, they do a little bit, but it's like they I feel like it they kinda it got too infighty. I'm like, all right, if that's a story, fine. I'm like, but if this were just hour-long episodes of them just hanging out with serial killers I think without th- all the extra drama, I'm good. Three-quarters of the way, they had to start setting up the second season, I think, and that's what that is. Yeah, all right. Um, do they get that over with pretty quick and get back on track? You'll see. All right. You'll like uh, it. Will I? Will I? Maybe. Um... So this so Trent Reznor produced it, and his idea was, look, everyone else just puts out soundtracks of just the songs from the movie, or not songs, not even from the movie, like Burn. But uh, he wanted to mix in clips and mix it in with the movie and then add clips from the movie, and it really is a little uh, 
Hi, Schmuffin. Uh, little event in itself. Schmuffin saying hello, Uncle Squeezie. Oh, hi, Schmuffin. Welcome hi, Schmuffin. back to the show. All right. You want to um, say hi? She just said it. She, she said it while oh, you were talking. Okay. She goes on it. She marches. Right, Schmuffin? Say hi. Meow, say hi. Sometimes when you talk to her, she talks back. She's very um, sassy. Oh. Well, he did this while he was on tour. Yeah. Um, when they were promoting uh, Downward Spiral. Mm -hmm. Now you would think like now it's like their biggest album. What? <laughs> yeah. But 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 like working on it, meaning he had Pro Tools, which all right, that's fine. Now you just you throw you pop up your laptop and you go to work. Uh, not in. In 1994, no. I mean, you maybe on a laptop, it'd be one hell of a laptop. Um, but imagine uh, it was Mac, so he was probably just dragging. They he probably had someone just setting up a Mac in his hotel room. Um, now it'd be room. way easier in, of course, 2020 to do this. You could do it on yeah. your fucking iPad or your phone. Yeah. But back then, you needed a lot more equipment. Like, like, like and and the time, the like just rendering times and the the Zoom box we're recording on right now just didn't exist back then. No, uh, we're recording high bit audio on a little one inch card, SD card. Like you just it just didn't exist. So, um, and it, there's some great tracks in the movie and on the on the. Uh, soundtrack. You got Leonard Cohen with uh, "Waiting for a Miracle," and uh, the future uh, that the movie ends with. Uh, Bob Dylan's "You Belong to Me," uh, Nine Inch Nails' "Burn," uh, Cowboy Junkies with their cover of "Sweet Jane." Good, not nearly. I mean, it's it's not better than Lou Reed. I'm sorry. Um, Very few Pat, things are better than yeah. Lou Reed. Uh, Patsy Cline's on there. Uh, Peter Gabriel. Uh, and Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan, and it's it's one of the it's the chanting thing that you hear in the movie. Uh, oh yeah, that song. Yeah. Uh, and then um, there's some Dr. Dre in there. Uh, more Nine Inch Nails, uh, Lard, and then a whole bunch of um, like clips from the movie, uh, dialogue from uh, Woody. And uh, Juliet Lewis uh, tied in there. Uh, there, there were actually a lot of songs in the movie that uh, didn't make it in there. Some Rage Against the Machine, uh, both uh, Bomb Track and Take the Power Back, and some uh, Marilyn Manson, some more Leonard Cohen in there as well. It's just uh, that probably came down to record label stuff like that, uh, like we discussed earlier. There's only and there's only so much like. You you have to pay these bands to get these tracks, you know, on the soundtrack as well. So it's it's a cost, you know, ratio as well. I would assume too. It's like, well, it's going to cost us this much to put the song on there. Are we going to make that money back? Right. You know. Right. Sometimes the director or the music producer of the soundtrack just doesn't give a shit and they do it anyway. Yeah. But. Nice. Uh, it uh, made Billboard 200. It peaked at 19. So it's um, pretty good. Pretty good for a, a movie soundtrack. Yeah. That's decent. Yeah. It's been a long time. I'll go back and rewatch it. 
Hey, just get the. I'll, I'll bring it. In. Well, I would All bring right. it and read it. Let you read it, but you wouldn't read it. I'll I'll skim it while I watch it. <laughs> what What if he gets it? What What if he get, were to get it back and remake it himself? Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. He's no. He's too proud of a filmmaker. He would never do it. Nah. He's only making one more movie, and then he's done. I know. You believe that? Oh yeah, I believe it. He's he's been yeah. saying it for years. People are now like, oh, people are blown away by it now, but he's been saying it for years. Yeah, no, I I remember hearing that a long time ago. Just I heard he heard it, said it first you on Stern. That, and... You get that itch, you know. He wants to do a whole lot of other things. He wants to write more. He wants to produce and and and, and program. And he's a Renaissance man, so we'll see what he does. Yeah. Uh, is that it? Yeah. On that one. All right. Here is. My next pick. This one is from 2004. <laughs> so it's right of yours, ask. It's right in the class. Bones sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Homes, places we've grown, all. This is the soundtrack to one of my favorite movies and favorite soundtracks, Garden State, directed by Zach Braff of Scrubs film from 2004. The movie, have you seen the movie? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, the hey, I think it was on uh, like Showtime once and I caught a little bit of it and I just never got back to. Uh, I was a huge Scrubs fan. So me and my friends, we, I saw it in the theater four times. Um, I, I, and I bought the soundtrack immediately. I was obsessed with the soundtrack because they kind of make it a big deal. All these songs appear in the movie and uh, this it won the Grammy Award for Best Compilation Soundtrack uh, and it was awarded to Zach Braff because he compiled it. And he said that he made a mix CD with all the music he felt uh, was scoring his life at the time while writing the screenplay. Uh, of course, that's Coldplay, Don't Panic. And he, he kind of introduced the world to the Shins with Natalie Portman's character saying, um, oh, you don't know the Shins? They'll change your life. And she puts the headset on him. And you hear um, the first of two Shin songs. This is Caring is Creepy. Um, it's like an indie rock, but like a psychedelic. Uh, there's just such good music on it. So he... He sent the film's budget. It was an indie movie, so uh, it was difficult to get all these songs because he wanted them. But Zach Braff thought it was integral to the script, so he sent a copy of the script with every request to a band he had, and he had name recognition because at that point Scrubs was kind yeah. of he a, was white Scrubs. Yeah, uh, and then of course he got Colin Hay, who appears in season two of, of Scrubs and his songs uh, play an integral part in Scrubs. He is the lead singer of Men at Work. And this song is great. I just don't think I'll get over you. 
uh, by Colin Hay. Um, when I'm done. So, of course, Sam, what like I said, played by uh, Natalie Portman, says to uh, Andrew Largeman, played by Zach Braff, that uh, you'll got to hear this song. It'll change your life. And um, then uh, I think this song is pretty important. The Only Living Boy in New York. When it plays, it's a great, it's a great song, first of all. It's uh, Simon. It was written by Art Garfunkel, and it was about how Simon Garfunkel was going away to be in a movie and how lonely he felt that he was gone and uh it's just a really like um i don't know and and uh, a lot of people say that it's there's connection to the graduate which featured simon and garfunkel and had was a coming of age story um i i mean i think that's a stretch but it, yeah it's nice to see that there i love coming of age stories that's, those are my favorite type of, of stories when it comes to a movie um, there's just so much good music on this. Uh, Let Go by Fru uh, Fru, uh, Frau Frau, however the hell you pronounce it. Uh, so in 2005, Zach Braff got the Grammy Award for Best Compilation. And um, Sponic Zine wrote, Braff did a master, masterful, masterful job of choosing songs that exemplified the emotional subtleties in the film he put together a group of songs that complement each other perfectly and when put together in one album create something amazing almost as they if they never should have been apart it sold over 1.3 million copies and has been certified platinum by the record uh, industry record industry association of america uh And if I, I would suggest you pick up and listen to all these soundtracks, I have this on vinyl. I have the Record Store Day. Um, it's like an orange cream sickle. It looks like the the train they're standing on in the poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, that's one of my favorite albums ever. I love this mix, this this grouping of songs. To me, in that year, 2004, this like uh, narrates the year, and it takes me right back there. And that's what you music's think, supposed to do. Do you think that's something that's going to be lost or is lost? Like, we're not going to have that same sense of, like you said, this was compiled and it's a great collection of songs. Now, if someone hears a song they like in a movie, you just go and download that one song. No, I think... Here, here's the difference, Squeezer. I think back when we didn't have the ability to do that, we mm-hmm. would like chase that one song and we'd want to get that one song. Mm-hmm. And we'd spend so, too much time in focusing on that one song, we didn't think to listen to everything else. Now that it's so readily available, we it, I think we tend to listen to the album more. That's why I think vinyl's coming back. That's why I think albums as a whole on, on iTunes, not just songs, are, are coming back. Oh, I thought vinyl is coming back just because people like to be pretentious. No. Oh, okay, sorry. I don't think there's any pretentiousness to me listening to vinyl. I don't think. No, no. no I still don't listen to. Get defensive. No, no. I still listen. Don't get defensive. Hey, hey, hey! I can't sit and enjoy a nice IPA without being called a douchebag. All right. I am so. the I am the first to call myself out for my pretentious activities. But I think, I think vinyl stemmed from people wanting a more um, haptic, I would say, music. Uh- I don't I don't disagree. I mean, sure, you all just, you know, follow 
you know, following the lead of Nicolas Cage and the great uh, cinematic masterpiece, The Rock. I'm uh, I'm saying more. Uh, what's his name? Um, in High Fidelity, Cusack, John Cusack. <laughs> I'm going Nicolas Cage. How the hell, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of your cell? You'll see. No, I like the idea behind it. And I used to. I the just... best. Losers always want about the best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Carla was the prom queen. I see. <laughs> uh, if I'm going to just sit, I'm just going to close my eyes and go to sleep right away. <laughs> I, I just, I have to use that time as wisely as possible. Well, you know, you have two kids and, and two daughters. And, oh, and trying to prevent... Uh, Alzheimer's at 35 is the way to go. Doing your best. Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's? Alt Alzheimer's, but you you say Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, I like that. Alzheimer's. All right. Um, here is your next pick. That's Garden State from 2000. You actually pronounce it with a hard Z? No, I, I don't pronounce it at all. Okay. I just say what Scott has. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here is your next pick. talked the uh you've talked the fat. smashing pumpkin song before oh yeah yeah we've talked about smashing pumpkin song before and we've talked about uh the batman forever soundtrack which yeah, many that was consider one of my picks on the last episode last one many consider actually like when i was going through i'm like yeah what are some good ones just to confirm my uh self uh uh what's that uh self self-affirmation what's that self-affirmation Self-affirmation, yes. I was going down. And that's like in the top ten on many soundtracks. That's because everyone owned it. See, I picked all these, all the, all the ones I'm picking from the last one and this one, I own on Agreed. tape no, I'm doing or the same. CD. And, yeah. uh, or, or in the last one, my mom owned on tape. Ugh, ugh. We'll get there, though. Oh. Ah, uh, that Canadian jewel. jewel. I I've I worked with Jewel on multiple yeah. yeah. Uh This is what I was talking about. This song, uh, yes. Foolish Games, was released initially on this album before it was released uh, on Jewel's uh, album. Oh, and here is uh, The End is Beginning and the End. We talked about that uh, before as well. It's an awesome song. Um, so the Batman and Robin soundtrack was released along with Batman and Robin the movie, and maybe not as uh, uh, respected as its older brother, the Batman Forever uh, soundtrack, but it's still pretty good. Uh, you yeah, got two Smashing yeah. Pumpkin songs. Um, Great you got Smashing Looking Pumpkin to My Eyes, but what's that? Great Smashing Pumpkin and Bone Thugs and yeah. Harmony. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, um, Gotham City. By um, R. Kelly. By R. Kelly. My yeah, namesake. Uh, songs that are, are about the movie. God, I um, hate giving out my work email. 
<laughs> especially now now that tlc or whatever channel is dedicated to like r kelly shows i'm like what's your name i'm like r kelly they're like r kelly oh shit are you going to jail <laughs> Not, not now, no, currently not, no, not, not me. Not for that. Not me. I maybe mean, not may, for that yet. Maybe for copyright infringement in the future. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell, but not for what our, the other R. Kelly. But since I was a kid, he came out when I would, like R. Kelly hit the scene in like the mid nineties. And mm-hmm. once people put two and two together, when I was at, in, in, in college in New York, they were selling the R. Kelly piss videos on the corners on VHS, and uh, often people would buy it and leave it on in my area <laughs> and for me, and I would be like, I am going to go to jail for owning 13 copies of R. <laughs> Kelly's underage piss video on yeah. VHS. True story. Uh, Revolution by R.E.M. is also on it. Uh, oh, House on Fire by Arcana. That's a good song. I like that song. Uh, Foolish Games by Jewel. Uh, Lazy Eye by Goo Goo Dolls, that what you just heard. Uh, I love that song. And then um, because of that, that song kind of made me a Goo Goo Dolls fan. Oh, shit. Did, a Mo- Did someone from Monty Python die? Terry Jones. Just now? Yeah. Bummer. Did you know that? No. Did it just drop now or... Uh, died at 77, co-founder Terry Jones, died at 6.41 a.m. Pacific, um, oh. 1.22, so today, yeah. I didn't know that. They just oh, that's a bummer. What, who's Terry Jones in the movie you talked about? Uh, let me look that real quick, because it was, uh... I don't know Monty Python. Because they played, <laughs> played so many, so, uh... He was a director. He was Sir Bedivere, uh, him and Prince Herbert. Him it's and... like, father! Um, and he was also... Oh, I know this uh, guy, yeah. yeah. He, was, he didn't have as many roles in it because... He was in, directing in, with uh, Terry Gilliam. He was directing with Gilliam. Gilliam. Um, Gilliam? Um, I think I'm going to go on a Monty Python tear now. All right. Well, get back you know, to us next week and back in... how your tear went. We'll do. I doubt it. Well, where, where, where's Life of Brian on? Do I have a? Uh... Oh, it's on Netflix. Awesome. Oh yeah, I will then. Um. So, where was I? Oh, Batman and Robin soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um. We got uh, the Bug by Soul Coughing. Oh, I was saying about. Um, uh, such a '90s uh, band, Soul Coughing. Uh, Soul Coughing. Uh, I, I, I actually enjoyed a nice little super bonbon. Super bon bon, super bon bon. Um, Lazy Eye, Goo Goo Dolls. I thought that song was awesome. Uh, and I kind of became a bit of a Goo Goo Dolls fan. I, listen, then, I, their show last year they did with... Um, who's that band that sings Hey Soul Sister? Third Eye, oh no. Shit, now I can't think of it. It's yeah. is going to kill me because she loves them. I got you. Uh, train, train. So Goo Goo Dolls and Train. Yeah. And I was working in the vicinity, and Goo Goo Dolls fucking rock, man. They still fucking rock. Mm-hmm. Well, they did, and then and then so I got all excited because then then Iris came out. I love Iris. I fucking hate that song. Oh, uh, why? And that video. He's spinning around and fucking telescope, being a creep in a tower. 
He wrote he he watched like that was a movie where he watched the movie and then he wrote the song on based completely from the perspective of the lead character of the movie. I get it. But it's not lazy eye. Yeah. It was just so it felt so ah, I don't know. Maybe it's cuz my sister liked it. I don't know. It bothered me. <laughs> um and then you get um, the the Batman overture as well. They throw in there, which is always kind of awesome yeah. uh, uh, to listen to. Uh, it was a fun album. It's it's not it's not perfect. Uh, it's not um, uh, Batman Forever, but I remember getting this for my birthday. And what was nice is uh, you know sweeter summer birthday. So I even remember I was out. We're out on the patio. We're opening up gifts, and my aunt and uncle they I get a little gift bag. I open it up, I pull out a CD of this, the Batman Robin soundtrack, and underneath it is, uh, it was my first Discman. I had a CD player at this point, but I didn't have a Discman up until now. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I I then I walked around with this in my Discman. Like I was a young lady in a boarding school with a book on my head, um, so that I can actually listen to it um, without it skipping uh, from one track to the other. I got my uh, first dick, uh, disc dick man, my first disc man after I had my first seizure, and my dad was like trying to, I don't know if he thought I was gonna die. <laughs> He felt horrible, and um, yeah, he got me. He wanted to buy me this man. Nice. I mean, not nice that you. And it got my first two albums. Can you guess what they were? We talked about one of the bands tonight. Uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith Classics Live Volume Two and Billy Joel's Greatest Hits were my first two albums I owned on CD, compact disc. So I was driving back last night uh, at work uh, in one of the company vehicles, so that the the radio's on because they're you know basic radios in there and uh billy joel's billy the kid came on mm -hmm. and i was singing along and it was the first time i actually like listened and paid attention to the lyrics mm -hmm. that song is every word in that song is absolutely wrong it's completely off every single thing that he says about billy the kid is completely and wholly inaccurate yeah but it makes for a good song so who cares I do. It bothers me. All right. Well, He's talking to him about being a loner and not one with, you know, not having a, a sweetheart. It's like, no, he had a sweetheart and he was a ladies' man and he wasn't a loner. He was in the fucking Rough Riders or uh, Regulators. Rough Riders did Regulators. Jesus. Um, he was ahead of him. And then it goes about how he was, and then it ends with him being hanged. Hanged? Pat Garrett shot him in the dark. So. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. And you opened the door for it, so I appreciate it. You're welcome. Just like Billy did before Pat Garrett shot him. And then someone made a fur seat liner company, named it after him, in central Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, you always really take it to that place. Uh, all right, so shall I go there one day. Shall get we some of that sheepskin for my car. Yeah, you absolutely could. Shall we move on to my next pick? Oh, let's show. 
A great pick by Mr. Squeezer. Here is my next pick. This is Hardest Geometry Problem in the World by Mark Mothersbaugh. He is from the band Devo, and he came. He went on to become a huge uh, composer for movies. And uh, this was, uh, uh, I think, um, this is from the soundtrack Rushmore. And um, have you seen the movie Rushmore? Uh, yeah. Rushmore yeah. is one of my favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> I love Rushmore, and he did other movies. He did uh, um, his share of movies, but I think doing Wes Anderson pictures made him a pretty big name. Uh, he did uh, um, started with Rushmore. I think I don't think he did Ball Rocket. Oh yeah, he did do Ball Rocket. Oh shit, his first collaboration with Wes Anderson. So. Um, this soundtrack is amazing. The movie's amazing. And it, it, it introduced me to so much like early like British invasion music and, and uh, rock and roll. This is uh, Making Time by The Creation. Um, great song. Um, here's another one by The Kinks. Nothing in this world can stop me from thinking about my babe. Just such good music, and 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 Wes Anderson is has such a good attention to detail. If you've seen any of his films, every mm -hmm. single little detail is taken care of uh, to the ninth degree. He is he's such a, a stickler for that. And and all these songs, like as you listen to the song, you see the scene in the movie playing out in your head. Um, and probably the most important. Uh, song in my opinion on this soundtrack is from a little band called the faces they had a, I think one or two breakout members I don't know some guy went on to go do some things his name was I think Rodney Squeezer Dangerfield Ah, it must have been Rodney Dangerfield or Stewart or something like that he went on to have a solo career, but his band, The Faces, had this song, and I think this is one of the most important songs for people in the entire world. It's called Ooh La La. Um, it's a great song, it, it, and, and, and this is, believe it or not, Squeezer, this is a coming-of-age movie. No shit. Yeah. I do like, I do like, this is a good song, though. It's a great song. I do song. like Faces. Yeah, the Stay With Me is their big hit. Yeah, uh, it, it is, but I think this is their best song. What's the answer? We all do. We all wish. Oh, oh this is um, that Make You Cry Dad commercial that came out a couple of years ago. What's that? When he's giving the kid the car keys. I think it was the car keys. I don't know, but it's it just, you know, they, they, try, to, they try to take your money now by... Uh, having a parent watching your kids grow up and then leave 
while they play this song underneath uh, it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't emote well, so I'm uh, Mrs. Squeezer's there like bawling. I'm like, what? It's it's a guy in the commercial. It's not like she's leaving you. I mean, she will, but you know. Now off what? to a school far, far away, and yeah, on oh, She'll come back home if she goes. As long as she goes to college, trust me, she'll come back home. Yeah. Wes Anderson, of course. Wes Anderson, the director, originally intended for the film's soundtrack to be comprised completely of songs by the Kinks, feeling the music suited Max's loud and angry nature. Um, uh, Because Max, he was originally supposed to be a British exchange exchange student, but when they... uh, found Jason Schwartzman, it changed everything. Uh, part of the uh, Coppola dynasty, a cousin of Nicolas Cage, who we talked about earlier. <laughs> uh, Jason Schwartzman got his first acting role, an incredible acting role in this movie. Um, so he uh, Anderson listened to a compilation of other British Invasion sound, uh, songs on the set, and the soundtrack eventually uh, evolved uh, until one of the, one song by the Kinks that we played, Nothing Can Stop Me From Worrying About This Girl, uh, lived on the soundtrack. And Wes Anderson said, Max always wears a blazer, and British Invasion sounds like music made by guys in blazers, but still rock and roll, which is kind of Max Fisher to a T. Uh, a lot of people love the soundtrack. It's got an A- minus in Entertainment Weekly from Rob Bronner. Uh, he said the collection won't make much sense if you haven't seen the movie, but just like I said, uh, anyone who left the theater singing faces Ooh La La, it's an essential soundtrack. And you could just hear these songs and picture the scenes. And just like any Wes Anderson picture, uh, I'm a, here's another um, uh, Mark Mother's Ball, uh, Margaret Yang's theme uh, from uh, Rushmore. It's great music. And uh, just go, if you haven't seen any of these movies, go watch every Wes Anderson movie because they're all fucking gold. Uh, Rushmore is my favorite, but um, yeah, that's it. Here, Squeezer, I think it's time for your next pick. Are you ready, sir? Yeah. All right, here you go. by the Wachowski sisters. Uh, yeah, well... Well, this is propeller heads, but... Right, but the, the but yeah, compilation the, was... Yeah, the compilation... The, uh, the Matrix soundtrack is basically the soundtrack to my uh, happiest, angriest high school years. I mean, this going to come you, out you at a better time. You can't say happiest. <laughs> Why not? I mean, there's there's so I'm much happy to be angry, rage and anger. In this, it, this I mean, what else? You know, I got, I'm walking around in my my black t-shirts and. Rage had a uh, song on this. Did you have? Hang on, was it calm like a be, bomb? Uh, it's on here. It's wake up. That's wake up. It, that's it, right. It's kind of like uh, cashmere, right? Yes, it does have. A, wake up does have a very. It begins with a very cashmere vibe. 
Yeah. Here, Here it is. is. Um, yeah, this is a, I mean, this is an awesome way to end it too, with him like flying off after he hangs up the phone. I remember uh-huh. hearing, and I, I, this is gonna be weird to you, but I remember seeing Kurt Loder's report, watching MTV back in the day, saying two bands are sampling Led Zeppelin's Cashmere for upcoming soundtracks of two what will be blockbuster movies: Rage Against the Machine for Matrix and P Diddy for Godzilla. Godzilla was also on my short list. That, 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 I own that soundtrack too, I'm embarrassed to say. That song, Come With Me, which is just Cashmere with Puff Daddy. And it was, it's not bad, but it was because Cashmere is fucking awesome, and it's just Puff Daddy just been, like, talking over it. Uh, this is Club to Death by Rob D. Um, this is the kind of, like, this is, like, a little mix that I'll put on stuff like this that and like this like propeller heads like big beat stuff that i will just drive around in the dark to and i'm a happy boy Uh, i i I just want to all i want to do is just listen to this and drive through tunnels all day so i had to make a when i was graduating high school i was like the president of the broadcast club i was in charge of the studio and everything Mm -hmm. and my guidance counselor tasked me with making a welcome video for the students and the music I used was the Propeller Head song and the Rage Against the Machine song as we nice. went through the that's that that was the score to my uh, one of my first uh, public opuses before I went on to film school. I was tasked to do one more picture to leave my legacy at Parkland High School, the the Millennium Falcon School. I'm sure after they saw it and screened it once, they threw it in the garbage and had a professional do it. Oh, no. Um, but th- I mean, this this uh, this soundtrack's awesome. You got uh, "Rock Is Dead" by Marilyn Manson, which is uh, your credit song that follows up after "Wake Up." Uh, "Spy Break" by the Propellerheads. Propellerheads uh, also uh, they got some. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, some of their stuff. They do a uh, "Star-Crossed Lovers" with Martha Wainwright, which is a cool song, and um, "History Repeating." I'm sure you you heard that. What? Have you ever heard uh, History Repeating? Uh, they did a with uh, Shirley Bassey. It's if you heard it, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard this song. Yeah, uh, uh, it's like a uh, it's like big beat techno jazz fusion. I'm gonna pull a squeezer layout and just ignore the question. Right up my alley. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> Prime Audio Soup by Beat. Meet Beat Manifesto. Oh, Meet Beat Manifesto. Yep. I had one. I had their album. I bought really? it just because of the name, Meet Beat Manifesto. <laughs> I bought it from Tunes back in like 1997, the Meet Beat Manifesto. Um, sadly, when I was reading some reviews of this and that like they ranked like Prime Audio Soup as like the worst, like this is the worst track on the sound. I disagree. I think it's great. Um, uh, Minefields by Prodigy. Um, which is an awesome track that's off of Fat Land, of course. Uh, and also, it was the music. When you can upload music to um, uh, when you can make wrestling guys, when you can up for the games that you can like upload songs like yeah. for their entrance music. Minefields was the song uh, for uh, Kin Corn Karn when I remade all of the NES wrestler guys. That became his entrance music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dragula uh, by one Rob Zombie. Great song. Which 
Yeah, uh, that song is actually in the movie too. Uh, it's playing in the in the club uh, when he meets uh, Trinity. Uh, the Hive is on there. Uh, Monster Magnet, uh, Du Hast by Rammstein, uh, and then you got um, uh, Wake Up uh, by Rage Against the Machine. Uh, also, uh, sadly, and uh, Dissolved Girl by Massive Attack. Uh, that's in the movie as well. It's what Neo's listening to. Um, big Massive Attack fan, but it didn't make uh, the soundtrack. But um, and then there's also uh, uh, stuff that was like in the trailers. Uh, they used uh, "Trip Like I Do," the Filter Crystal Method song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's a bummer because it's one of those things where like you you see it in the trailer. And, like, you almost expect it on the soundtrack, you know? Uh, but it wasn't there. That was actually on Spawn. The Spawn soundtrack in itself is awesome, too. Uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you're not angry enough, if you're too angry and the Matrix soundtrack <laughs> isn't doing it for you, you can always just go get Spawn. Fucking A. Yeah, fucking A. Uh, but, yeah, this was one of two. So they released the soundtrack, but they also released the score. Um along with it uh th- so there are actually two releases uh for the uh for back in 99 for the matrix both the score and the soundtrack which always sucked when you didn't realize what you were getting or like mom went out and it's like hey i got you the soundtrack for this movie you like and it's just the score now i'd be all all about that and i had plenty of scores i had like all the john williams collections of course and all that shit but mm. well, um, i had tons of scores yeah yeah, sometimes you just want to be angry. Yeah, I hear that. Um, all right, so we talked Matrix, we talked Rushmore, we talked. Oh man, we, I feel like we talked a lot of stuff. Do we have any more picks? I think yeah. I have one more to go, and I oh well, fuck, I was trying to avoid this one. Is that what? Uh, all right, Wait, here what? Uh, so, there was this movie released in the early 90s uh, that my mom was obsessed with. <laughs> and the soundtrack it. went on to be one of the best-selling soundtracks in the history of soundtracks. Then it starred one Kevin Costner, friend of Zombie Sailor Toy, uh, and Whitney Houston. And she was part, a major part of the soundtrack. Um, my mom had it on tape. There's two sides. Those two sides were burned to death because she played it constantly. <laughs> and then we had to watch the movie. So she, I guess my dad took her to see it on a date. And then the movie came out of a pay-per-view and we recorded it. And we watched it over and over and over. And there were some scenes in the movie that were adult and she was dressed pretty sexual. So, you know, I got a, it was like, all right. Eh. This is new. What? That, like your thoughts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, hello. What are you doing? What, what, is the, what are these feelings? Like, what, what am I feeling here? I like this. Um, uh, but, but ultimately, it, it's... It's... I had the same feeling when I saw The Postman, so it's okay. Yeah, well, you know, everyone takes a Kevin Costner song their own way. 
Um, but for me, uh, you can't get any worse than this goddamn movie. I hated this movie. And I hated the soundtrack. Do you hear this? It's all fucking Whitney Houston songs. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. I will always love you. I have nothing, nothing without you. I'm every woman. Was your I mom feel in like this you, movie? you shouldn't be able to cut from one song to the other without throwing a little Delilah in between. Hey there, it's Delilah. Are you out there feeling lonely? Do you miss your family? Do you have a loved one overseas? Are you just trying to feel yeah. warm and cozy <laughs> in your tub, eating a box of chocolates and three pints of ice cream on this? cold December night. Well, we've got some Christmas music, but until then, here is Whitney Houston to let you know that not only are you every woman, but I'm every woman. I'm Delilah on Philadelphia's WMGK. Delilah, it's all in you, and it's all in me. Take a Come break on, for me to kill myself. What? You're not dancing? No. Did I hit the post pretty good on my Delilah impression you, there? You did. It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I'm embarrassed to say that was good, but I did but it. You, you got me. You got me. You got me excited now. This is a good song. No, it's not. No, it is. Just just because it was burned into your soul and you can't take it anymore. Uh. <sighs> I'm not going to lie, I might be rolling in tomorrow blasting this. <laughs> <clears throat> so, you got um, your vinyl set up. I'm going to get this on mini disc. I'm going to get a mini disc player in my office. So you can play your vinyl and I'll play mini discs. I, I have a mini disc player. I can bring in. I have a mini disc of our old jingle. And I have a mini disc player if you want. I can bring it in. I have no, it. No, no. All right, Mr. Big Talk over there. Yeah, that's what I do best. <laughs> I'm going to hook up that mini disc fucking player and make you listen to this shit. So I'm pretty pissed. Ho uh, Homage t-shirts released a Racks t-shirt, fast food with style. And they're all out of every size but 3XL and extra small. Perfect. We've talked about that. I've talked about that restaurant so many times in this podcast. I want the shirt. So I could never wear it. Because I wouldn't. Where the fuck am I going to wear it? Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, fuck the bodyguard. Fuck its soundtrack. And I love my mom, but wow, how fuck, could how could fuck you? you, mom, for making me listen? To if, if that if that song comes on, any of those songs come on, I stop what I'm doing and I listen. Uh, what's the theme from the bodyguard? Let me hear this and get triggered. She was kind of in uh, risque outfits and some of the. I did I did enjoy that. Alright, fuck this movie. Let's go on to your last pick. Bodyguard. I had it, unfortunately, because my mom loved it. Here is Squeezer's next pick.
Now, we could be listening to Glory of Love by Peter Cetera right now, but they rejected it. Ah, I know. And you know what? And I'm not going to let for the best, I think. They went on to do other great things. Yeah. But maybe if it weren't, if it, that were the case, maybe we wouldn't have had Hearts on Fire or Burning Heart. Right. Um, and Karate Kid Part 2 benefited from it, so. Absolutely. And it, it, it gave a chance it. for uh, James Brown to come back after a 10-year hiatus from the charts. And It's true. Oh, it's a good song. Yeah. Is this Foreigner? Uh, Survivor. Survivor. This was specifically commissioned uh, by Stallone for the movie. We just watched Rocky 1 through 4 around Thanksgiving. and then just That's the perfect place to stop. Just the other night we watched Creed 2. Creed 2 is so fucking good. Have you seen Creed 2 yet? No. Have you seen Creed 1? No, I'll get there. Oh my goodness, Squeezer. I don't have time. I got to go back and watch all of uh, Money Python over the weekend. You have all the time in the world. Watch Creed. No, I, I got two kids. Watch my it with them. My life is over. It's nothing. It means nothing anymore. My, dad... my last remaining purpose is to die so plants can grow, so deer can eat them, so wolves can eat the deer. My dad grew up, let us grow up watching the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Rocky movies. You could start a new tradition with your daughters. Watch the Creed movies. Creed 2 is just, I almost, I like, I almost cried again watching the last fight scene. Hang on, training montage. Okay. Lifting logs and shit and working out in a sweaty cabin. There's a training oh, montage in Creed 2. Smell in there. Where they mix the old cues from the original Rocky movie in with like rap, just like freestyle rap. It's so fucking cool. There's honestly, they might be the best montages, period. That's Creed has montages. No, I'm saying like Rocky movies in general. Like they, right. like they he knew what he was doing. Right. And it just works so well. And, and so, and he still knows what he's doing in Creed. So go watch them. I'll get there. Creed one and two. Two I love two. Two is like one of my favorites. I, I remember how excited I was because for the of the trailer. And I'm like, I was so excited, but at the same time, Oh, I, like, I remember I'm like never... it, it, the leading up to it, I'm like, Did you see the Creed Two trailer? Like, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna see it. Like, oh Creed Two's coming out this week. Yeah, it's on it's I'm gonna definitely make time. Oh, I saw Creed Two. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak in and see it sometime. Oh, Creed Two's on a video. I, I watched it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely it's on my list. <laughs> Where is it now? Can I get it? Is it on demand? It's on Hulu. You, and you have my Hulu account, so you can go watch it. Is it on the Hulu? It is on the Hulu. All right. And, and the whole Victor Drago. Oh, it's so fucking cool. So cool. Um, so, yeah, you got Burning Heart by Survivor, which was... Um, Stallone had uh, written for the movie, uh, and that uh, peaked number two uh, on the uh, on Billboard. Um, Hearts on Fire by uh, John Cafferty of John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Mm. Um, Double or Nothing by Kenny Loggins and Gladys Knight. Um, 
another version of Eye of the Tiger um, that they reused uh, from Rocky Three because why it was such a monster. Why wouldn't you bring it yeah. back? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, they have uh, some tracks from the movie. They have both this uh, titled "The War" and uh, the training montage, um, which that that training montage song I think from Rocky Four I think is even though it. Yeah, nothing compares to like Rocky one or two with that montage. But this one, that one, it's it's so eighties, it's so mid eighties. Whereas Rocky one was very seventies, and it worked. Um, it's probably my favorite training montage too, because it's the back and forth, the juxtaposition, if you will, uh, of him and Drago training and like the, you know, with the. In the high tech lab, and he's there just right. chopping wood. And that was by mm-hmm. Vince DiCola. Uh, yeah. It was the first film not to be scored by Bill Conti, although a lot of Bill Conti's uh, cues and um, uh, arrangements were featured in Vince DiCola's uh, score. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like a uh, what do you call it? Sampling, uh, if you will. Now, what else is Vince DiCola famous for, Squeezer? I don't know. I'm clicking on his name right now to find out. Transformers the movie. Oh yeah, I had that written down somewhere, and then I. <laughs> this is funny. I actually, I actually, because when I. This is one of the I... things you lay out for, and then you come back. You're like. Transformers the movie. <laughs> no, I actually had it written down, but the problem is, I have I have very twitchy. So during the show, I just kind of scribble lines and draw circles while we're talking because I have to do something with my hands, and I scribbled over the stuff that I need to read. Oh. So it doesn't exist anymore. See, you were, you were hindered by the fact that two months ago, when we were talking about this song, I read an article that told this whole story. So I knew Do you that. want me to recall something from two months ago? I knew the <laughs> I know, you have two daughters. I keep... You have a hand... No, no. It, even if I didn't have any. Like, my... I remember things from. I remember the last twenty minutes. I remember things from thirty years ago, and basic survival instincts like stove is hot, don't touch, will burn. That's a good. That's a good instinct to remember. Yeah, that that's. I don't want to take that away from you, so I don't want to put anything. Yeah, because I head. don't want to burn my hands. So please, I need. I need. I need that. He needs his hand, people. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, an, an awesome, uh, soundtrack. And it, again, I was trying to like, I had to go back and, uh, cause it, otherwise everything was going to be from like 1998, you know? Cause like you said, that's when I was, I had, you know, my own income, like I had cash so I could go and buy CDs. Right. So, and you bought, you, you wanted a little bit of everything. So you went with the soundtrack cause you can get all the songs because you can only get you can yeah. Only soundtracks were were good for like uh, exactly what you're saying. Like when you had money to burn, why buy an album that you only might like one song off of? But it's it it, it it harkens back to what I said earlier. I think people listen to full albums now because they don't have to worry about buying an album they don't like. They could listen to it because they're already paying the streaming service. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back then, you you had your money and you bought it and you might hate it. But if you bought a, a soundtrack with it on. You you're guaranteed like three or four more uh, singles on there. You know you're right. I guess 
now, where we're at now with streaming, where you could get, where you could either get it free with commercials or with whatever a pay service. But going back a few years, I'm thinking when it was like that that early iTunes. Right, but that that shifted. That, that we're sing, we're single. That did shift. Where singles were like going through the roof. Right, there there was a point there when you were buying there. songs from iTunes where singles were king. But now that, mm-hmm. that you have the whole albums, people are like, all right, I'll listen to the album if I don't like it, whatever. I'm not paying anything extra or less to listen to the mm-hmm. album or the song. I think that changed. Albums, and people are releasing more albums. Like like Tyler the, Tyler the Creator, when he releases an album, I know he's not for everybody, but there's like a, a thread through it. it and and, and uh, a lot of artists, there's a thread and, and there's a theme. And um, I think more than ever, people are listening to albums more than ever before. Well, I don't know about ever before. I would say so. Yeah. Just cause there's 60s, wider seventies, eighties. Yeah. Cause there's wider availability. Everyone has some form of streaming music. Yeah. They, they have that, but they also have YouTube and games and yeah, and you could stream everything porn. on YouTube too. So if you want to listen to music, Everyone who's listening to music can listen to full albums. Back then, like you either had to buy or listen to the radio and record off the radio. I guarantee you more people are listening to full albums now than ever before. I think less people are listening to music now. I don't think that's the case. I I mean, less people are listening to good music. There's there's more out there. There's more to do. No, music festivals are at an all-time high. It's being spread thin. What's that? Music festivals are at an all-time high, though. Well, yeah, because people have discretionary income now, too. Mm. Or they don't. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know any... All right, we know about the past. We don't know anything about the present, so why are we discussing that? No, I mean, we're doing quite well. I, I, we have two skill sets, talking about things that are old and talking out of our asses. Right, and right now, we are talking out of our asses. Um, there, there's someone right now is listening that is in does like demographics and like marketing research like, like you fucking idiots shut up you know the n-words used on the batman and robin soundtrack do you know that yeah it is <laughs> is it something you guys know in your research yeah we're aware it is. we're aware <laughs> yeah we, we fixed that <laughs> we, we made some edits and we took it out god Get off hey, our there ass. Was, there was no... Where were you on that one, Tipper Gore? Yeah. There's a sticker on that CD. <laughs> uh, I remember... I don't think my aunt knew that. My dad's well, like... I don't think my aunt knew who both I think one of the, Harmony were either. The first, one of the first ones was I bought this single to uh, Regulators. My dad's like, oh, it's got one of those stickers on it. I go, that just means it's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two dollars at wall to wall sound the wall, cause singles, nice. with cardboard sleeves regulators mount up. Rip Nate dog. Big up to Warren G. Uh, this was a fun show, Squeeze. That was fun. Yeah, it was a fun. We got a uh, work, and a third, and, and sooner than later because I have a whole. I sent you a list. It was a mile long. I got way more. Uh, this was. Yeah, it was rough. Trying to narrow it down. Yeah, it wasn't rough trying to pick. It was rough. No. There's too much. Yeah. 
and then and then I get lost in whereas normally I get lost in my research and like finding numbers and all that kind of shit. Now I just I'm listening to music the whole time. So yeah. nothing wrong with that. Uh, so we're back next week. Uh, do you know what we have? Because I it's slipping my mind. I can go. I do look. not. Oh, no. I do. I do. I have it right here. Oh. Uh, next week is Super Bowl weekend. Uh, we're doing Super Bowl commercials too. Two years ago we did Super Bowl commercial. Or I'm sorry, a year ago, no, two years ago we did Super Bowl commercials. Whatever we fucking did it, we're doing it again. Wait, when did we? We did it two so years what ago. We, what were we doing last year then? If all these shows are this version part two, why would why isn't this part three now? We had original shit. We're working oh, on okay. that stuff. Okay, now we're just now we're just rehashing oh, everything. Okay. So the next. So this is like this is like season seven, eight, nine of that sitcom. Yes. So we're doing more of our favorite Super Bowl commercials uh, next week on the Radios podcast, leading up to Super Bowl Sunday. And why watch a stupid game when you can listen to us talk about old commercials? Because new commercials suck. Uh, then we got Happy Meal, Kids Meals Two, more retro romance, everything Sega Show, Retro Candy Two, the Stephen King Show on March fourth. Uh, well, around March 4th, Saturday Morning Cartoons 3, Wendy's, an episode dedicated to the restaurant Wendy's, uh, a mall <laughs> sequel. Uh, then in April, this is what I'm really looking forward to. The April Fool Show. We each get five picks. At the end, we each have to guess which one we was real and which ones we made up. And I feel like I'm going to drive you insane on this one. Hmm. So I just get to make up anything? You can, or you can put real stuff in it. And at the end of it, I'll be like, all right, your first pick was fake and made up. And Is your... it all personal stuff? No, it could be like, this was this. This was a real thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I could find some weird-ass product kind of stuff that I like. You can try. You can try. Uh, then after that, we're doing another 90s grab bag. We're running out of theme music. And we're starting it over. And we're hitting play. And then we're doing the year 1980. Then we have Earth Day, which will probably bump to next year. And then free gi <laughs> free giveaways. In the meantime... The, here's, the only reason I even thought of the Earth Day thing was, I remember, like, because my dad worked for the state, so I would go with him, like, and drive around in the truck while he picked up bags of garbage that the Boy Scouts leave behind, even though I was also in the Boy Scouts, but no. my dad was driving the truck, so I got to ride along. But... Then they would hand out these coloring books with like a little character in a trash can to tell you about recycling. Okay. And that made me think of we should do an entire Earth Day show because that one coloring book. That one fucking coloring book. Yeah, God so we got it. nine more picks we got to work on. Um, so if you want to get in on upcoming pin releases, you have to first rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on YouTube and Comment on one of the videos. If you do that, you will be in the running to find a friend who does not listen to us to get you and that friend a pin set from the Radalorian. Uh, me and Squeezer as the uh, Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. It's Radalorian and Baby Squeezer. Uh, it's going to be an awesome set. We got hologram uh, stickers and we got more stuff coming. It's going to be a fun year and I can't wait for summer to come to, to dive into what we got there but until then uh, I'll leave you with please rate and review us just because you like us and you like listening to us and it helps us it helps other people find us 
Uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, and just comment and tell us how adorable Baby Squeezer Yoda is. Because he is Aww. adorable. And uh, yeah. we'll see you next week with more Rad Years Podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah.